Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Isn't that a great prayer to pray? Lord, hold on to me. It's good to see each of you this morning. We appreciate you coming and all those that might be listening outside the church, wherever you are, we're glad that you're tuned in. We hope the Lord will bless you and uh, he's blessing us with rain. Amen. Just like our Sunday school lesson this morning, they needed rain and Elijah said he's coming and it did. But we're glad to see everyone and everything that the Lord blesses us with. We're so thankful for. But a couple of uh, announcements that I failed to give to James, Brandon Setzer. Uh, we need to pray for him. Uh, Aaron and Rebecca, their baby is due the middle of September, but their doctors told them they could go any time now. So uh, pray for them. And also Selena Helton, our sister-in-law, her husband passed away and uh, she's having a hard time. So please keep her in your prayers. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Right after that faith chapter in chapter 11, when a lot of names are listed that were faithful to the Lord. And chapter 12, I believe, speaks to us in being faithful. We're just going to read three verses. Hebrews chapter 12, first three verses. The Lord says through his word, wherefore... Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author or the beginner, as it's translated, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Thank you, Father, that you gave us these words to encourage us and to help us, knowing that many in the past have had reasons to be discouraged, but they kept on keeping on for the glory of God. And we ask that you would help us to do the same today. And Father, bless. You already have. And Lord, we pray that your will would be done. And if there's one here that's lost, we pray that you'd touch their hearts today and help them to realize and know that Jesus loves them, he died for them, and that it wants to save them. Now, God, and direct and forgive us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a few days, this church year will be only an outdated calendar. You'll be voting Wednesday night on many people, taking positions in the church in which you have agreed to do so. And that old calendar will be gone as far as the church calendar is concerned. Twelve short months ago, it was just a bright infant, new infant in the New Year's plan. 
when you got together and you made all your plans for what you were going to do for the next year in Sunday school and in the church work and uh, those plans came into being this past year and a new one's going to come up. But now it's just a doddling old bearded reaper about to make room for his successor. We got to keep going. We got to keep living. We got to keep planning. We got to keep working until the Lord comes. That's why he chose us to be where we are today. Keep working for the Lord and you'll never go wrong. But what will the new year be like? I've listed a few things here that we can expect. It'll be rather like the old one in many ways. Some things change and some things don't. Microsoft will still be pushing windows. Ford will still have a better idea. And Chevy will still have the tough truck. Now, if you have a Dodge, you just put it in there somewhere. The population will be exploding, more being born than dying. Hunger gaining, people dying of starvation. And in North Korea alone, it says that a million people have died from starvation. Just in one country. Realizing all these things, I still would like to wish you a happy new church year. And I hope you're ready to go. I hope you're ready to work. I hope you're ready to do more than you did last year. Because things are getting tough. It's getting harder and harder to get people to come to church. I don't know why other than they're so engrossed in the world that church just doesn't mean anything much to them anymore. And we've got to change that through the help of the Lord. We've got to be more faithful. We've got to be more prayerful. And we've got to be more excited about what's going on in the church. But it can be full and happy by making sure that every moment is fully surrendered to Christ. Enter the challenges of this new church year with the resolve of a runner about to begin an important race. You know, this could be a crucial race for many churches. Many churches are dying. They're losing members. And I have read and heard of some that have closed their doors, put their church building up for auction to be sold. But individuals face this same type of decline. But as we look at our scripture this morning, the first thing we want to see is the race that is before us. The Bible says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us in verse 1. That means they ever run track. Anybody in here ever run track? Did you ever finish or have a desire to finish last? I don't think anybody would. When we enter that race or whenever who is running, that first place is on their mind. And so they get out there and they want to win. And they expect to win. And you know, we have a large number of athletes. 
Just look at all the high schools and the middle schools around and the Olympics just over with, all the professional teams, non-professional teams, and they all expect to win. That's why they're out there. But how many of them are willing to give their all to winning? Let's look at us right here in this congregation. You know why the church is here. You know the programs of the church. You know what's going on. But how many of us really come expecting to win in the race that we're running for the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of us have gotten to that point? Well, what's the use? I'm just going to give up. Paul said, I'm going to run to the very end. Nobody is going to distract me. Nobody is going to lead me down a wrong road. I've got my eye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am going to win this race. And Paul won that race because he was steady. You look at those runners out there on the track. When some of them start, they go out like a rifle shot. Man, they get at it. But the time they get to the end, they're spent. You run steady. And then when that race is coming to the end, you mash the pedal down. God will give you that extra strength. He will give you that extra energy to do whatever he has called you to do. Whenever he has called you to do it, God will push that pedal down for you and give you that energy, give you whatever you need to finish the race that he has given you to do. But what is the purpose of that race? For Christ's sake alone, we need to become spiritual athletes. We're in that race. But the Bible says run with patience in that race. Let's look at the picture we see here. Of course, you've read about the Olympic Games, and you saw them on television, but the grandstands are packed. A lot of people, of course, this year they weren't, but most of the time they're packed. You are the runner. Now, I'm going to throw a little phrase in here, and I want you to pay attention to this phrase. By your profession of faith, you are the runner. Lord, I was an old lost sinner, but you saved my soul. Now I am the runner in that race. The lanes stretch out in front of you. They're long. You have to go a long time. You're thinking... You got to outdistance everybody else. But what about us as Christians? I think one of the biggest problems, we begin to look at other people and what they're doing and we forget what we're supposed to be doing. We're forgetting how we're supposed to run the race that God has given us to race. Now, my race is a little different from your race, but not in Christianity. Jesus is the author of Christianity. 
But what he gives us to do, each one of us, is a little different. And when we start taking our eyes off of ourselves and off of that goal line that's down there, we begin to get in trouble. Well, so-and-so is way ahead of me. So what? Let him run. When the time comes, I will reach that goal line. I will reach that place that Christ wants me to be in. And I will be just as important as that man that outdistanced me or that woman that outdistanced me on that track that God has given us to run. You approach the starting block. Your stomach's full of butterflies. <laughs> you ever been there? I used to play a lot of softball. And I tell you, a lot of times when I'd get up to that plate, I'd have that bat in my hand and my stomach would just be all tore up. Because we needed to run to win. We needed to hit. We needed something to help the team. And I'm sure all of you have been there. Man, it's all on me. But your stomach is full of butterflies. Your heart feels like a jackhammer, beating, pumping, getting you all excited. We're ready to run, but we look down and see a 25-pound steel ball tied around our waist, keeping us from running. And that steel ball represents sin that's in our life. We won't be as effective. There's hindrances that's keeping us from running the race that God wants us to run. And it'd be hard to make that distance that God wants us to make. But we also see that there's a discipline required. What did it say? Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. And the sin that does so easily beset us. Now let's forget about the road race and begin and to think about the Christian race. What sin is it that you're hanging on to? That you just can't give up? Or you think that you can't give up? What is that making a hindrance in your running for the Lord Jesus Christ? Folks, you'll never win or you'll never be where God wants you to be as long as you allow that sin to linger in your life. I'm not preaching perfection. I'm just preaching confession of sins. Those that will hinder us in running our race for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a discipline required. Lay aside every weight. But on the flip side of that, in some of our churches, there is an indifference. The greatest crimes of which I know is indifference. You want to win? Get on the Lord's side. There is no indifference with the Lord. He knows exactly what needs to be done. He knows exactly who to call upon to get it done. 
He knows what strength that you will need to get it done. And he knows the moment that you will get it done. But don't let indifference stop you, harm you, and hurt you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we can be renewed in strength. How many of you have had that to happen in you when you were just ready to give up, when something's going on in your heart and your life you can't handle, and the Lord gives you strength to handle that situation? He will do that. But what about discipline? Have we set ourselves apart for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have we said no to some things that we know is not right? Have we refused to go to some places that we know is not right to go to? Discipline in our life is required. But what about our desire also? Has God so blessed you that your desire is to lift him up and to serve him and to praise his name and whatever comes about, your desire is still focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and his work. Let us run the race with patience because there is a goal line out there. Paul and Timothy said, my race is just about over. I'm not going to be here much longer. But praise God, he helped me every step of the way. And Timothy, you're next. Run the race with the patience that God can give you and the strength that God will give you. And everything will work out all right because God is in charge of the whole thing. But I want you to remember also that we, each one of us, are responsible for someone's soul. I know God does the saving. God does the convicting. But it's us who does the witnessing. However it may be, we are responsible for someone's soul. But they're self-content. I'm doing all right. If you want to get out there and work yourself to death in the church, you go right ahead, but I'm all right. We're self-content. God never intended one moment for us to be that way. Self-content is nothing but a lie we use to excuse ourselves from the really getting serious with God. This little lie convinces us that though we are not doing much, we're doing all right. I don't believe that's pleasing to God. Well, I'm not really a bad guy. Well, who are you comparing yourself to, Christ or Al Capone? I don't know why that name came up when I was studying this, when I was looking at this. If you remember Al Capone, he was a gangster number one. But who do you compare yourself to? I hope each of us are living the type of life that one, wherever our young people are, they'll pick out one of us. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. 
They're faithful. They're loving. They're kind. And they're always in church serving the Lord. Oh, are we really pleased with the way we're living? Have you gotten to the point that you really want to know more about Christ? Wouldn't you like to echo his love, his concern? Folks, we can love the Lord, but I don't know what you think about this, but I can't love you like the Lord loves me. I can't go to that cross and die for you. I can't take your sins upon myself and you would be forgiven. But Jesus did on that cross. The supreme love that God gave to all of us. And thank God for those who have accepted that love. And pray for those who have not. Oh, maybe we need to surrender our sins. I have listed a few here, but this is not all of them. We're failing to attend Sunday school. Worship service. Failing to give. Failing to visit, to serve. But on the other hand, what about our lying, our cheating? And I hope not, but our drunkenness. And the Bible speaks a whole lot of adultery and fornication, night clubbing, failing to pray, to read. Hindrances that goes on in people's life. But how do we lay them aside and not pick them up again? Look back at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. If I had to do it on my own strength, forget it. But the Bible says when we look to Jesus, he can do the work. And he will bless us to be able to do that. He is our coach. He is our mentor. He is our savior. He is our guide. He has never been wrong. He will never be wrong. He has never led us astray. He will never leave us astray. Folks, he is God Almighty. The one mentor that we need to listen to. But as we go back to that race, the runner's victory is dependent upon the runner's eyes. I believe it was in this last Olympics where one guy was ahead and he turned and for a split second he tried to see where that second place runner was and he lost the race because he turned and looked. We need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and nowhere else. We need to obey him. We need to be looking unto Jesus 
the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on the goal. Wednesday night, we're going to be giving some of those goals. I understand that we're short on some teachers and workers. What would God have you to do? Where would God have you to be in serving him here in this church? I hope you'll pray about that because God has greater things ahead than he's given this church in the past. I believe that with all of my heart. And I believe with all of my heart that we could see every seed in these rose field. By trusting in Almighty God, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But what is our goal? What is your goal? If you are a Christian, there can be no goal other than Jesus Christ to start with. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Isn't that the truth? Set your sights high. How many people have you brought to the Lord this year? I mean you individually. That's something to think about. Many have not brought one person to the Lord. What's the problem? Have we taken our eyes off the goal? Have we taken our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ? Have we reached that point, well, I'm just so-so? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Set your sights high, no lesser standard is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask for Christ's help. And I, I think the Bible keeps admonishing us to attempt to be like him. Live as faithful as you can for the Lord Jesus Christ. And strive to follow him wherever he leads you. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Is that your prayer before the Lord? In a year of concentrated prayerful effort, you will be amazed at how much fuller your life will become. I'm going to ask you another question, and I'm going to be through. What would you like to become this year? Individually and to the church. Young and old. What would you like to become this year? First thing we need to do is to set our goal. Those runners, when they get out there in that starting block, the goal is the finish line. And they want to be first. And I hope all of us want to be first in our service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only do we need to set our goals, but we need to pray. Pray. Lord, I can't do it, but you can. 
Become the person that would delight your heavenly Father. What was it that the Father said of the Son when he went to the cross? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Another time he said, listen to him because he has the words of life. That's Jesus. But before you become that person, you must lay aside those besetting sins that hinder you as well as me to keep me from becoming what God wants me and you to be. And the time to do it is now. When we wait, Satan loves it when we wait. We need to do it now. Because the new year is coming. And oh, what a challenge that new year is going to bring. And folks, we need to be ready. We need to be ready on a moment's notice. We need to be prayed up and ready to go whenever God calls. And we can do that because who do we have as our helper? The Holy Spirit of God. God sent the Spirit to walk with us, to talk with us, to energize us, and to help us in whatever God has called us to do. But the question remains, will we do it? And I hope everyone in here says, yes, Lord, I'm here. Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. Because I know the rewards. I know there's a place called heaven. And I know that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again. And I want to be ready. The Bible speaks of five crowns. We can win every one of them. How many of you want? I don't know about you, but I want all five of them. Because when I walk up to the Lord, or when he calls me up, I want to be able to take those crowns and lay them at his feet because of what he did for me. And I hope that's the prayer of everybody in this church and everyone that might be listening, I hope that's your prayer and your desire. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you've called us into this race. But help us to run with patience, with, <coughs> with, with that desire to finish what you've called us to do. Now, Lord, if there's anyone here that's lost, never surrendered to you, we pray that they would do that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.